Welcome to the prolific teaching ministry of Pastor Emmanuel Iren, lead pastor of Celebration Church International. It is his vision to partner with you for your progress and joy in the faith. Ready, set, grow. Hallelujah. So in a few minutes, I want to share very briefly, you know, this is not going to be <laughs> something out of one of my Bible school notes because I'm on holiday. Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. That sounds nice. Hallelujah. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 2 from verse 5. He said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So, there is a mentality in the incarnation, something to learn. He says, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. Verse 6. Who being in, form, in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Verse 7. But made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. So I want to share a very short chart with you that I've titled Down to Earth. You see, in English language, when you hear the expression down to earth, oh, that guy is down to earth, that lady is down to earth, you're talking about the humility of the person. Isn't that true? And so by talking about down to earth in a season like this, we are saying two things with one expression. Number one, we're talking about the incarnation, the fact that God took on flesh, dwelt amongst us. And number two, we're talking about the humility of the incarnation. The Bible says he made himself of no reputation, took on the form of a man, and was humble unto death, even the death of the cross. You see, it doesn't matter what you celebrate at a time like this. It's just as if Christmas gives the church good PR. They don't like anything else we have to offer, but they like our Christmas. Because, I mean, think about it. You know, even the cards are so cute. You see a man and a woman, you know, in a manger with a baby. Who doesn't like babies? You have to be sick not to like babies. And so it's just, you know, it's just cute. And so everybody sings with us in a season like this. Even people who don't believe what we believe sing with us. Atheists sing with us. They may hide while they do it. Muslims sing with us. Everybody sings with us. And they just celebrate. Sometimes you can feel it in the air. It's just good PR. And some who won't go so far as to sing with us, especially the real carol songs, they created a new brand to try to hijack the real essence of this season. And they talk about Santa Claus, you know, and then you hear songs this season that have nothing to do with this season. You hear about three French hens and two turtle doves. <laughs> and you're just like, what does that have to do with anything? But like I like to say, there are still good ones. Hark the herald angels sing. Glory to the newborn king. Peace on earth and mercy mount. God and sinners reconciled. Yes, someone finally gets it. Hallelujah. 
And so at a time like this, we must investigate the reason for the season. What manner of child was this? You see, unlike Santa, Jesus is an actual person, a historical figure. You've heard me tell the story of how in primary one, you know, I was sitting on Santa's lap. And just upon a close look, I saw that, ah, he's on costing now. <laughs> That's my primary one teacher. I was heartbroken. And I know he's collected the gift. And <laughs> it was so disappointing. <laughs> but Jesus is a historical figure. Listen, not all men may agree on the doctrine of the incarnation, of the virgin birth, of the resurrection of Christ. But at least all who are truly scientific and pay any attention to history know that Jesus really did exist. And whilst they may have many things, you know, that they call him charismatic leader, good preacher, with good intentions, influential teacher, you just have to realize there is more. Just from the events that surrounded his birth, you know, there has to be something about this guy. I mean, start from the virgin birth, you know, Mary is on her own, and all of a sudden, there's an angel who says, you're going to have a child. You, you know the story, and I'm not going to go too much into that. And here is something interesting. The angel told Mary that her cousin Elizabeth was also pregnant and said, she that was called barren is with child, for with God, nothing shall be impossible. You know, so... I would like to see a clip of what Mary, you know, thought. Like, sly baby Elizabeth. You were keeping this from me. I'm going to show you. No. So, so she goes to Elizabeth's house. And she's prepared to knock and the door opens and she says, Ha! Guess what? I know something about you. When were you going to tell me? Ha! It's a lie. Who told you? You know. And Mary was rehearsing, you know, saying, okay, don't worry. Guess what? I'm also pregnant. It's a lie. <laughs> Celebrate Mary. <laughs> you know, and stuff like that. <laughs> you know. But as she knocked the door, and Elizabeth said, who is it? And Mary said, I'm the one. The Bible says, the baby in Elizabeth's womb did a somersault. And Elizabeth was filled to the Spirit and began to prophesy. And in that prophecy, she said, Who am I that the mother of my Lord should come to me? So listen, listen. Nobody told Mary about Elizabeth's pregnancy. And nobody told Elizabeth about Mary's pregnancy. They were seen for the first time in a long time and they both knew. Come on. Are you getting this? So now you're wondering... What kind of child is this that even John the Baptist, you have to understand that John the Baptist's witness started from, his, from the womb. Started from the womb. That just the salutation of the mother of the Christ made him somersault. There was a witness from within. Stared Elizabeth so much she was filled with the Spirit. What kind of child will this be? And then one day, wise men from the east, they were evil guys, you see. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. <laughs> I'm just playing. 
We assumed there were three because they gave three gifts, but we don't know the number. They saw a star. And then there's a long historical, you know, conversation about where they are from. They are called the Magi. They came from Babylon, you know, in the time of Daniel. Apart from, you know, the fact that they studied stars, they also knew the prophecy of Daniel. And I don't have enough time to go into that. But they saw a star and they knew what it meant. And by the providence of God, that star kept moving. Oh, my God. Now they are following the star. They follow the star all the way to Jerusalem. And they go to Herod and say, where is he that should be born? King of the Jews. Listen, listen. This child is getting so much publicity. People are getting to know about it. He was not published in the news. He wasn't even born in a big hospital. He was born in a manger. And somehow, supernaturally, the word is going round. What kind of child will this be? Oh, God. And it is noteworthy that even though a star will lead you to Jerusalem, only the scripture will lead you to Bethlehem. That's very important. Because the star led them, you know, and just stopped. And so they had to inquire. Herod inquired from the chief priests. And they said, according to the scriptures, he is to be born in Bethlehem. So it was the scriptures that actually led them, you know, to the specific place. You know, that's a conversation for another day. But picture this. Influential people come into a manger. And a manger, forget all the movies you've seen, a manger doesn't look pretty. I assure you, it probably didn't smell pretty. But they ignored all the animals. That's not why they were there. Ignored the fact that the place didn't seem pretty. And then picture this. I wish there was a baby. Let me tell you something. I wish we could act this so that you would see. Listen, I'm going to teach on this and how it pertains to receiving the anointing. This is one of the most powerful pictures of honoring the anointing in the entire Bible. That fully grown men see a newborn baby and they fall down and worship. Now, that, that's quite a sight. You had to believe that there was something beyond his visage. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Now, this child cannot even talk. This child cannot even walk. This child cannot even bless. But you know, this is no ordinary child. So, full-grown men fall and lie prostrate and begin to worship and they give gifts. What kind of child will this be? And then somewhere else, whilst shepherds watch their flock by night, the first carol service ever happened. Angels tore open the sky. Listen, angels are always known to hide themselves and to disguise. But this time around, the occasion was fitting. There was something important that warranted this. They threw a party in the sky. And began to sing glory to God in the highest. Peace on earth and goodwill to man. For unto you is born this day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One who will be called Savior. You, so now they, 
Just imagine you're going about your business leading sheep, and all of a sudden, the skies are littered with men in white, singing with great joy because a child had been born. What kind of child will this be? What kind of child? No wonder when Jesus was older, he asked his disciples one day, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? You know, even by mere investigation, you have to understand that Jesus has to be special. Because there are several religions in the world, the most common denominator is Christ. Islam has something to say about him. And key Buddhist leaders had something to say about him. There has to be something about this guy. But it's not enough to know that there is something about him. It's more important that you know what exactly. And as we begin to investigate, a good place to start will be from the words of the angels. They said, unto you this day is born. And everyone who was a student of Jewish prophecy knew that that was an allusion to a text, a prophecy about the Messiah, a prophecy from Isaiah. In Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6, it says, Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And as we begin to study that text, we can know more about this figure. Who is this man? And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful. So this is, this is why this child is special. First and foremost, he'll be wonderful. And wonderful doesn't mean, eh, wow. Wonders will never end. You know? It's a word from which we have signs and wonders. Miraculous. Listen, everything about this child was miraculous. He was miraculous in his birth. Born of a virgin. He was miraculous in his understanding. At 12, he went to the temple and all the lawyers and doctors were astonished. What kind of child is this? Miraculous in his understanding. He was miraculous in his compassion. Miraculous in his miracles especially. His name shall be called Miraculous. Miracle Walker. Hallelujah. Not just that. His name shall be called Counselor. You know, and even though this seems like a separate title, it's actually one title. Listen, when you started the way all those words were used in that text, Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6, his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Prince of Peace. All the titles were dualized. Do you understand what I'm saying? So instead of Wonderful Counselor, being two different things, it was actually one. And newer translations get it. Much later in the same book, Isaiah chapter 28, verse 29, talking about the same person, says, This also cometh forth from the Lord of hosts, which is wonderful in counsel. So, the two titles are one. Wonderful counselor. And what does it mean? Oh, matarabaka shetekibaya. Prophets had come before him. 
had revealed God before him, taught about the things of God before him. But this child, his teaching ministry will be wonderful in counsel. This will be the best and the greatest opportunity everyone or anyone will have to know God. His own counsel is wonderful, you know. And the fulfillment of this prophecy is found in a text like Hebrew chapter 1 from verse 1 to 3 where the writer of Hebrews says, God who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophet had in this last day spoken to us in his son whom he had appointed heir of all things by whom also he made the worlds who being the brightness of his glory the express image of his person upholding all things by the word of his power who, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of his majesty on high. So now, God at sundry times and in diverse manner spoke unto the fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us in his son. And this is the difference in the son's ministry. He's the brightness of his glory, the express image of his person. His counsel is wonderful, miraculous. We beheld his glory. A type that we had never seen before. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father. No one had seen God at any time. The one who is from the bosom of the Father has declared him. Wonderful in counsel. No one else was called the Word, the Logos. This one is called the Spirit of Truth himself. This is not Moses coming down from a mountain with visions. This is one who came down from heaven. Do you understand what I'm saying? Moses came down from a mountain. This one came down from heaven. And he says, I speak to you of things above. Wow. Wonderful counselor. But it doesn't stop there. As wonderful as that is, the story is not complete. The next title is what people struggle with. He's called the mighty God. Humble yourselves if you don't understand. How can the text start by saying, unto us a child is born, a son is given, and then that son will be the mighty God. First and foremost, this is where our humility and theology comes in. Listen, you don't come from your understanding. We are studying eternal secrets, eternal truths. We are studying God. So you must first wrap your mind around the fact that it is true. Before you think of how consistent it is with your understanding. Your understanding should align with the truth and not the other way around. Yes, he was born. Yes, he was a son. Yes, he was a man. But that man will be the mighty God. John put it this way. He says, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. In verse 14, it says, and the Word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. He had always been God, but one day he became a man. Unto us a child is born, a son is given. His name shall be called the mighty God. His name shall be called the everlasting Father. Listen, he had an origin in his birth, but not, not in his true essence. One day he became a man, but he had always been God. Because how is it that you say one day someone was born, but that person born was everlasting father? He's not just a man. He's not just a baby. Mary had the privilege to carry in her womb 
the one by whose words she herself was formed. It was a privilege. And that's the greatest mystery of the world. It must have been a struggle for Jesus growing up. At the age of 12, he's missing and you're looking for him. And he must have looked at her and been like, that's cute. <laughs> you're looking for me. I will take care of you. <laughs> you know, to calm down. You know, she's just trying to do her best. Forget, listen, a mother will be a mother, no matter what an angel tells you. <laughs> if the boy is missing, you're going to freak out. You know, but the boy is still like, Duh, you should have known I'll be about my father's business. In your face, Joseph. <laughs> not you, not you. <laughs> Hallelujah. So much to say about this. Let me tell you this. It doesn't matter what else you know in your theology. One very important unshakable truth should be the, the theology or the doctrine of the deity of Christ. Not just that he's a great preacher. Not just that there is salvation in his name. There are some people who be actually believe there is salvation in his name, but that he is not God. And some people come up with flimsy, you know, questions like, what time in Jesus' earthly ministry did he categorically say, I am God? <laughs> like, that's so silly. As if I must say one thing in a particular way. For you to conclude that I said it. But anyway, you see, at the tail end of Jesus' ministry, throughout his ministry, he had doctrinal debates with the Pharisees, with the Herodians, with the Sadducees. But this one I'm about to share with you was the final time. It must have been important. This is the last week of Jesus' earthly ministry. He was going to be killed that same week. And he has one last and final showdown with these guys and all of them took turns to ask him difficult questions the pharisees asked him questions and he answered and they went away in shame they asked him they said you know what authority with what authority do you do this and he said i ask you first what authority does john the baptist have to baptize is it of god or of men and that put them in a tight corner if they say it is not of god the people who respected him as a prophet will have problem with them and if they say it's of God, he will say, why then do you not believe in him? So they just, they left the question unanswered and went. The Sadducees came, asked a question about resurrection and he answered, now, there was this final question. And you see, this particular story was told in virtually all the synoptic gospels, in Matthew, Mark and Luke, because it's that important. And Matthew in chapter 22 tells us why exactly Jesus took his time to explain this to them one more time he said because he knew that some of them were not far from the kingdom he knew which means what he was about to say is necessary for salvific faith conversation for another day but think about that but this is what he said he said what do you think about the son of man the messiah whose son is he and they just answered, oh, simple. David's son. 
and they were right the bible the old testament is replete with prophecies that the messiah will be the son of david he will come from the lineage of david second samuel chapter 7 and several psalms of david prophesied this clearly all right but then he asked them a question he said why then did david say the lord said to my lord sit at my right hand until i've made the enemy your footstool and they know that in their culture never will you hear a man call his son lord <laughs> i want to open it to you so that you see this turn the bibles quickly luke chapter 20 verse 41 from verse 41 to 44 it says then jesus presented them with a question nlt i'm reading from nlt why is it he asked that the Messiah is said to be the son of David. For David himself wrote in the book of Psalms. He's quoting from Psalm 110. So you can read it when you get home. The Lord said to my Lord. Sit in the place of honor at my right hand. Until I humble your enemies. Making them your footstool. Since David called the Messiah Lord. How can the Messiah be his son? He is not just a man. He is, come on. He is not just a baby. Yeah, no, he is. But he is. He's a liar. Sing it if you know it. And sing. If he's just David's son, why then did David call him Lord? I'll tell you why. Because in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. And the Word became flesh, dwelt amongst us. That's why. That's why. Unto us a child is born, the son is given. His name shall be called Mighty God and Everlasting Father. In Isaiah chapter 7, it says, The Lord himself will give you a sign. A virgin shall conceive. Bring forth a son and his name shall be called God with us. Emmanuel. Listen, a virgin shall conceive. Bring forth a son. He will be a son. But that son will be God in human flesh. So, this is not about threshing through the snow in a one-horse open sleigh. This is about the great God coming close to you. Dying your death. Taking your place so that you can take his place in sonship. He said, except the kind of wheat fall to the ground and dies. It abides alone. But when it dies... It will bring forth much fruit. He has brought forth much fruit. Hallelujah. Any children of God here today? Yeah. Now that's the reason for the season. So I want you to stand up. I want you to demonstrate something very symbolic. Just imagine. Just like the wise men. Unlike what everyone else saw. They just saw a baby. 
They just saw a man. I'm still going to teach on that thing one day. Because that's the same way, you know, in a similar way, you must see a man of God deeper than his appearance. Are you listening to me? It says, henceforth know we no man after the flesh. That you see a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and then you kneel. Can you take a moment and kneel? Kneel before. He's not just a baby. This is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. God came as a man, rose as a man, and he's eternally revealed in a man called Jesus. Thank you for listening. We are sure that you have been blessed. For inquiries, reach us on our helpline 0809 996 7000. Blessings.